0: There's this concept in statistics and in computer science called data provenance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially an invisible string from where data starts versus where versus where it goes to. And if that invis- invisible connection isn't there, you have no audit trail. It right. means I can sneak anything yeah. I want. I, so in computer science, that's very important because if you can point to an audit trail, it's provable. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said.
1: Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. That is John Williams, the ultimate guitar collection, Allegro from Trio and C minor. And the reason I say that is because it makes us sound fancy, even though we're really not. But we like to give the impression of. I am joined by a special guest, uh, not in studio, unfortunately, but he is on Skype. Um, been trying to make this happen for a while. Glad to have him here. Uh, we've got Robert Salvador. Uh, did I? Did I? Salvador, right? Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. We've got Robert Salvador here, uh, DeSantis campaign consultant, entrepreneur. Um, Rob, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here today. Thanks for making time out of you. You are a very busy man on the campaign trail with DeSantis and the rest of them. Thank you for making time to come on the show today. Uh, you're still muted, brother. <laughs> it's okay. So,
0: uh, yeah, technical difficulties not being uh, in studio. To yeah. your point. Um, you know, day job wise, I'm the CEO of a tech company. So, you know, that already has me, you know, very busy. What we do is we use artificial intelligence and in the construction industry. Um, but then obviously, yeah, we're doing, you know, a lot. I'm doing a lot with the campaign now, um, mm-hmm. trying to help them both, you know, as far as policy, as well as our digital movement, uh, bringing volunteers in, you know, kind of doing all these different things. So, yeah, schedule wise, it's pretty crazy. But, you know, when you're I'm a builder and, you know, I know you are, too. So in general, when you're like doing something. I'm, that I'm not a builder, bro. Yeah. I, I,
1: there isn't a building bone in this body. I, I pay other people to do it because I think Clint Eastwood made a really good statement a long time. He said, a man's got to know his limitations. I know my limitations. So if it's a construction job, no, it's, we're paying, oh, no, I, I it. if you, you want it destroyed, I'm your guy. Absolutely. And it's not with the intent to destroy. It's the intent to fix, but I'll destroy it. So that's just the way it works for me. <laughs> anyway, so you, yeah, no, no, you, you do, kind of, you know, yeah. So how did you general. get into this? Like the AI, uh, when it comes to construction?
0: Yeah, so I've owned a construction company for the last decade. I was in construction for most of my life. I've you know managed hundreds of millions of dollars worth of projects. Long story short, saw the need for technology in the construction industry, started a tech company. You know we're fortunate to be backed by some of the biggest investors out there. Um, and through that, obviously, we kind of you know do a lot with AI. Mm-hmm. And then during Covid, obviously everything was shut down. I'm from Chicago originally, and we were headquartered in Chicago, my company. And they were announcing another lockdown, and they were announcing mandates and came down here to Miami for a you know half work, half vacation trip, and just realized that things were being done right in Florida. So mm. fast forward, move the company down here, continue to see you know Governor DeSantis and just the state of Florida how it was working the right way. And that, combined with what they did with COVID, kind of really inspired me to help. So we donated supply chain items during Hurricane Ian to help mm. with the recovery. That ended up with me connecting with some of the campaign folks. They brought me in back in um, the kickoff back in May, I think it was. And, um, you know, just seeing the people around the governor and the way he does things, just kind of believed more and more, um, you know, that this is the guy who should be running the country because, you know, what's happening in Florida is working. Why wouldn't we take that and scale that across the country? Because Lord knows what he did.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, very good point. It's interesting because we had Dave Urban on the show yesterday. He he as well moved his company from L.A. back out to, or not back up but out to Florida. He said, especially during COVID, because of the lockdowns, it was basically the state was opened back up. It seems like a lot of people took part in that great exodus, that massive exodus out of uh, California.
0: Yeah, I mean, so one of the things you've seen, you know, with the governor on the campaign trail is, first of all, like you said, a ton of people leaving blue states like California, Illinois, New York, Mm -hmm. Where do they all go? Florida. Florida had the most net population increase from 21 to 22, 2021 to 2022, Mm -hmm. and a new article just came out, I think less than a month ago, showing Mm -hmm. that trend has continued in 2023. So, to your point, you know, we're realizing that certain issues transcend politics, right? Like people want a good economy, people want safe schools for their kids, people want Mm -hmm. to know they're not going to be robbed. And if you look at what's happening here in Florida, it's kind of proving that. A good model can work for everyone, regardless of what side of the aisle you're
1: on. Well, I mean, especially like it says, like when you open up the floodgates to say, hey, you can still come over here and earn a living. And, you know, we're not going to lock you down. We're not going to push these mandates on you, things like that. Many things that have been discussed time and time again. Um, but I know you you had some things that you wanted to talk about, especially uh, let's talk about the DeSantis campaign Flora, He's, he's pretty much he's still in Iowa, right? He's, he's on the tail end of Iowa. We've got the Iowa caucus voting in less than, what, 30 something days now. Um it's about 34 days, 33 30?
0: days, I think it is, right there. Give
1: me some give me some campaign strategy leading into this vote. What is DeSantis' team focusing on?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, all of the focus is on the ground in Iowa right now. Uh, they want to close that state out. You know, it is part of the strategy that once they win Iowa, people will realize that this whole media narrative, you know, poll gate, all the things we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. all of that isn't real. It is a manufactured psyop, you know, no different than COVID in many places was manufactured and things yeah. like that. So. What DeSantis and them are doing is they are focusing on being on the ground in Iowa. The voters in the Iowa caucus are very, you know, sophisticated politically. They want you to talk to them. They want you to answer their questions. So DeSantis has the what many on the ground who have been through this and been through previous caucuses are saying is the best ground game they've ever seen.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, that's where they're, they're working on right now. And, and they're going to make sure that even though things are great in Iowa, there's still 30 some days it's not over and yeah. Iowa tends to break late. So mm-hmm. they're going to make sure that they complete that, that slam dunk. Um, and then that will allow them to, you know, while we've been campaigning elsewhere, you've seen the governor in South right. Carolina, New Hampshire, Florida, um, getting, putting home, Iowa will really kick off everything else. So I think you'll see a, a big focus there. We have a ton of volunteers going there. I'm going to be going there personally, uh, to volunteer on the ground. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's where a lot of the campaign focus is right now, as it should be, Mm -hmm. Um, because that has been their strategy. It's working. And why would you, you know, there's there's no reason to deter from that, despite how hard it is with uh, the psyops and the media and everything else that, you know, you know all about.
1: Yeah. Uh, Are you connected to your Wi-Fi because you're you're lagging on Skype? I hear you fine. But the video is kind of lagging.
0: Let's see. Yeah, I'm on my Wi-Fi. Let me see here. Looks like I'm good. Cause I saw that one. one time. So I can yeah. hear you pretty good in my oh, No, no, your out? audio
1: is crystal clear. It's just a video portion of it. It's coming in. It's like phases. We'll we'll keep we'll keep going. With it. It's not a big deal. No, okay. yeah, so that. Might be that let's building. give let's give two outcomes here. Number one, outcome one. I want the I would like to hear your your plan or what the Santa's plan is. You win Iowa. Mm-hmm. You, the Iowa caucus votes. It's a it's, it's I believe Iowa caucus is a take all delegate state, right? All or nothing.
0: Uh, yes. Okay. I believe, I believe so, that's correct.
1: I think so. Uh, so if I, if DeSantis wins Iowa, what's the next pathway or what's the next strategic move? New Hampshire?
0: Sure. I mean, so I think we obviously want to do good in New Hampshire. Um, and I think he'll spend a, a bunch of time there as well. Um, we think we have a great presence in New Hampshire already. Cause that's a Nikki Haley um,
1: state supposedly, supposedly, cause I know that's going to segue into the poll gate thing, but everybody's talking about, uh, New Hampshire is going to heavily favor Nikki Haley. I, I don't see that happening, but what's, what are your opinions on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's what the people are saying, right? Like, I know that, you know, had the Sununu endorsement and things like that. But, I mean, people were not happy, for example, when AFP uh, yeah. did their endorsement. People literally left the organization. You know, not that Twitter is everything or X is everything. But if you right. look yesterday, every single post from Governor Sununu in New Hampshire got ratioed. Yeah. Um, and he also deleted know.
1: all of his DeSantis tweets, I believe. Like so people were scrubbing Sununu because Sanunu was courting DeSantis there for a little while. He was doing some speaking engagements with him, really praising him. It seemed like they were getting along fine. And I'm not trying to attack Sanunu. If Sununu sure. wants to endorse Haley, I mean, as he's done, that's his prerogative. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, he's a sellout now. I'm not going to pull that Trumpian thing. He's, he's more than, um, you know, free to endorse who he wants, but that did come as kind of a shock. I was like, huh, I was like, you really sounded like you were pro DeSantis. But with that Sununu pushing to Nikki Haley, do you think that's going to pull any, any leverage in New Hampshire for New Hampshire voters?
0: I mean, you know, of course the governor of a state, I don't ever want to say that they're not going to pull some leverage, you know, people you know, respect Sununu there. Um, but I do think that more and more voters are seeing that they're not going to be told who to vote for. Um, especially like when it comes to the establishment, like Nikki Haley is just seen as establishment. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's been nonstop bad thing after bad thing coming out with her between, you know, her relationship with China and the World Economic yeah. Forum, that a picture yeah. comes out of her wearing a mask outside in 2021. Yeah. And she wants to dox everyone on the Internet. So I think New Hampshire voters uh, are not going to respond well to that. And, you know, at the end of the day, the media can try and manufacture all the narratives that they want. You know, they tried that about Jeb Bush in 2016, yeah. like the elite and the media don't necessarily run things the way they used to anymore. So mm-hmm. I think on the ground, um, what people are seeing, they respect Governor DeSantis. They see what Governor DeSantis has done. You know, he aligns with a lot of the way that they live, you know, live free or die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously, you know, Governor Sununu has the right to do whatever he wants. You know, I think some of that is, is on us for having unreal expectations. Um, you know, his dad was a Bush guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's been in establishment politics his entire life. Mm -hmm. So was kind of a lockdown governor. Um, so for us to think, you know, I guess it's not as surprising as it may have seemed. We have a, on the DeSantis side, we have a ton of momentum, you know, you see it on Twitter, on X, things like that. So there may be some of these things that we're kind of pushing the narrative to try and convince, you know, a Sununu to go our direction. But, you know, maybe it wasn't that likely. And I yeah. do know that we we certainly don't need Sununu to win New Hampshire or the primary
1: in general. Yeah, that was like a, a Nikki Haley of all people. You know, it'd be one thing if he endorsed Trump. It's like, OK, fair enough. I understand that. But Nikki Haley. Um, I, I did see a segment with Donald Trump Jr. where he's talking about uh, somebody pitched the ideas like would Nikki Haley be a potential VP tap? And he was like, no, he's like, I, I'll have a lot to say if that's the case. Um, but that also could be them just playing their cards close to their chest. But there'd be no doubt in my mind if Trump did tap Nikki Haley as a VP pick, it's like there is no way that you can debate your way out of the fact that this is an establishment administration at this point, like holy establishment. Trump definitely favored the lockdowns. Now you bring on neocon Nikki, who was warmonger extraordinaire. If you if you pull that into your political fold, there is no denying what your campaign is is truly about now. And then you, you couple that with the and I know he was joking. Trump talked about day one, you know, dictatorship. It was it was a joke. But there is something to be said there when you have a campaign that's basically like we're coming back for revenge. It's like, look, I understand the positioning of wanting to extract revenge on your political enemies. I get that in a legal recourse sense, I guess you could put it. But it feels to me like that's one of those the American people get shoved to the side for them to pursue their own individual... vendettas, if you will. And it's one of these things that it feels like Trump is continuously bogged down in uh, controversy, legal issues. And the American people are here saying like, look, we need attention shown to the southern border. We've got an issue there. And it seems like DeSantis is coming with all of these is saying like, look, this is what I'm going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. It's not going to be one of those things like Trump says, we're going to build the wall. And then years later, comes back, and says, well, there was no legal way we could have done that. It's like, so you lied to the people, whereas in DeSantis is saying, hey, we're essentially going to tax the income of those are coming over here on work visas, yada, 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 to pay for that wall. That seems applicable. It seems reasonable. It just seems like, again, to, for Sununu to endorse Haley instead of DeSantis or even Trump. It was like that just came out of left field to me. But I guess based upon what you're saying, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean we have to think about the pressure that's being applied to Sununu by multiple different, you know, very powerful institutions, the most powerful institutions in the world, right now working against DeSantis because make no mistake, like the Sununu endorsement was less Nikki for Nikki Haley and more against DeSantis. Like any like Chris Sanunu's a smart guy. People in politics are smart. Nikki Haley has no shot at winning. She will not win. Maybe she becomes Trump's VP. Trump gets arrested. Oh, all of a sudden, you know, Nikki Haley's the president, maybe. But like anyone with a reasonable understanding of the data of where the country's at, Nikki Haley will not win. Right. Mm -hmm. So so Sununu endorsing her was more against DeSantis. And, you know, I think that's because you have obviously the Democrats who are against, you know, Republicans. And they know that if Trump is a lot is nominated. They will beat him. Democrats will beat him. Yeah. So they want Nikki Haley in there to make it less likely DeSantis gets nominated. Mm. You don't just have the Democrats doing that, though. You have the establishment Republicans. Because remember, DeSantis is doing all this disrupting that Trump promised to do. He's removing yeah. corrupt district attorneys. He's saying we're going to have a COVID reckoning, right? Yeah. So that is not good for business for the establishment on the Democrat or the Republican side. Mm. So I think that. Is more Chris NuNu is more being pressured by these massive organizations. And, you know, again, Boeing has a big presence in their state, yeah. um, a bunch of different things. And we saw, you know, how, how Nikki Haley, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. had hearts all around her about mm. Boeing during the debate. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think it's the fact, to your point, DeSantis has done everything he promised he's going to do. He's like an, uh, he's not, he's a statesman. We haven't seen someone like him in a long time. Everything he said, I'm going to do this in Florida, he's actually doing. And it's not just some like mayor or county level. Florida, by economy, would be the 15th largest economy. And it's a swing state in the U.S. formerly. So it's a very harsh political state. So for DeSantis to have these results in Florida just shows what an incredible statesman he is. And everyone sees he would bring that to the White House because he understands how to use the governance, the legislative, the legal levers that are necessary to actually get these things done. And, And Trump doesn't. So I think that's one of the reasons like you are seeing the establishment really showing itself because Donald Trump was one thing, right? Like he was a disruptor, but now you've seen DeSantis as a disruptor who actually knows how to do it. So the establishment's like, oh man, like Trump came in, did a bunch of executive orders, everyone said, Okay, we know how to get rid of that. Like
2: yeah.
0: now, you know, DeSantis actually understands how to get these things done. So what I and say to everyone it. is it is truly everyone else against we the people and DeSantis, but yeah. that's okay. We, the people, can win. There's many more of us than there are of them.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's one thing that people have to wake up to is the idea of when these, these politicians make these promises and whether or not they can make them have lasting presence. For example, if we're using these executive orders, that's easily overturned by the next sitting president. It's not a permanent solution. So what I think a lot of people should be focusing on is the ability for a governor to unite people to pass legislation that gets unanimous support within the uh, within Congress Trump couldn't make that happen. DeSantis has clearly showcased that in Florida. But I think the question that that leaves it, uh, or that I'm, 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 I'm left wondering is like, if DeSantis gets elected, would he be able to unite the GOP in both houses, both chambers, and then actually push for good legislation to be passed to support the people to, he's talked about uh, um, doing away with the Department of Education, pushing that back down to the states. I think that those types of positions really resonate with the people, because I think we've seen during the COVID years, especially the emergence and the growth of the federal government interjecting itself under the name of safety for the people. And once this government grows to an extent, it's like, like you don't shrink it. It's this tumor that can, it continues to grow and grow. And I feel like people, they're finally getting fed up with that. So when DeSantis comes along and says, look, I want to abolish these these federal agencies that have no business being involved in state level issues, I think that does resonate with a lot of people. And I think it also resonates more importantly with a lot of moderate Democrats. I think when CNN hosted the town hall with DeSantis, he did a very good job. There was a few things I I didn't agree with him on, but I think the fact that CNN had him on, and it seemed like he he had a really good response to the crowd. And of course, afterwards, the CNN panel are going to trash him. They're going to say everything they can because it is CNN after all. But it it does, from your positioning, how well does DeSantis do with independents and moderate Democrats?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's as simple as looking at what he did in Miami-Dade in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Like Miami-Dade, for that to go as red as it did in some of these other areas in Florida to go as red as it did, speaks to how his policies are received on, by moderates, by independents, you know, across the aisle, because it turns out, and kind of this is what I said earlier it turns out that people are most concerned right now with a few different things. Like, yes, there's many issues out there. The internet makes it so, you know, it seems there's 10,000 new ones every day. But at the end of the day, people want a good economy. People want good, safe streets where they're not gonna get mugged. People wanna let their kids go to school to just be kids. And that's, that's regardless of your race, gender, belief, ideology, like school, let kids be kids, right? People wanna know that the government isn't going to invade them and lock down their life and do all these inappropriate things. And then people also want to know that our borders secure, like no one's going to come attack us or they're not going to poison our children, things like that. All of those things, Ron DeSantis promised and then actually did in spades in Florida. Mm -hmm. Like Florida has become a, from what was a swing state to I heard someone say that Florida is now getting that don't mess with Texas type pride, (laughs) the free state of Florida. Right. And I feel, and so what I mean by that is (laughs) I think that that's how you get independence. Independents are going to say, look, i might they might not agree on everything there might be people who disagree on maybe the six-week abortion ban or something like that but at least the governor's honest about where he stands and what he would do with these things add that to the fact that everything he's doing is working in florida and you see i meet them all all day every day they're like hey like desantis isn't overall my cup of tea you know maybe it's an independent or someone who used to be on the left who was displaced but they're like He gets it. He knows how to govern the right way. And at least he's not doing things that are bad to the people, regardless of who they are. And so that's how I think these moderates and independents are how DeSantis is able to get those votes, because, you know, society just works right when the government isn't overly bearing on you. It lets the market, you know, be a free market, things like that. So that's why I think DeSantis has done so well in Florida. I think that's why you see this this need or this want from the people, we the people. Mm. For for someone that's actually thinking about them, right? Trump really exposed the deep state in 2016. He was right that the people were hungry for disruption. Yeah. The problem was it became a circus, right? Like most mm. people aren't, I want a disruption too, but like I'm also smart enough and many people are to recognize like, I don't want a circus at the top of my, my government. Yeah. Now in 2023, people still want that disruption because the deep state's still bad and things are still really bad. But they also want someone who's sane to do it. So I think there is a a want for sane disruption. And I think that's what DeSantis brings.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's again, yeah, Trump definitely resonated with the people when he came out there. And, you know, like I said many times, gave the proverbial middle finger to the left. And then you're right with the Trumpian era politics came the Trumpian era of bread and circus show politicians that I think feel more loyalty to Trump than they do their voter base, than they do the Constitution. And it feels like not a lot's getting done anymore. And it's kind of like. People call it the deep state. I just call it political corruption. I call it the Uniparty. These are the people that I think it, it boils down to at foundation. It is an elitist thing. It is the the higher economic class doing everything they can to protect themselves and further distance themselves from the middle class because ultimately it's the middle class that bears the most of the economic strain on a lot of these things. The rich are fine. They're 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 doing okay. I mean they're, they're losing money, but not at the point where they're worried about bankruptcy or not making their next uh, mortgage payment. Whereas in the middle class, the, the, all the financial burden and strength goes heavily on the middle class. So when Donald Trump goes in there and you know you make all these promises and then you see him start to endorse these neoconservatives, the old guard Bush era politicians like the Romneys, the McCain's, the Paul Ryan's, uh, which uh, a photo just surfaced the other day. And I, I know photo photos don't necessarily imply guilt. Unless, you know, specific context. But you got Paul Ryan coming out of a meeting with Mike Johnson and you're left wondering, going, what the hell's going on? What's going on here? So it it definitely concerns me when we have politicians that are more focused on doing the bidding of Trump versus doing the bidding of the people, which is we need to reduce the size of the federal government. And it doesn't feel like that's being done.
0: No, I mean, unfortunately, it comes down to incentives. Incentives are very much misaligned within our government. We've known that for a while. Mm. And, you know, there's a very common phrase, show me the incentive, I'll show you the outcome. Yeah. Donald Trump comes along with a lot of money for the people around him, not for the American people necessarily, but the Trump brand for politicians, for grifters online, <sighs> as we've talked about. Yeah, I want to um, get into that, or,
1: too. I know you have a lot absolutely. to weigh in on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a simple... Um, case of show me the incentive, I'll show you the outcome. And so unfortunately, we saw Trump, throughout his career, he's done this. He's a great marketer, but then it doesn't pan out the way he told people it would. So Donald Trump, the person who actually built New York and his construction company with him is a gal named Barbara Rez. Um, she lives in New Jersey, New York area, and she helped me build my construction company. She, she consulted with us while we were building the technology. One of the most experienced builders in the country. In Trump's book originally, he said how great she was. Fast forward 10 years, she forgot to kiss the ring properly. Guess what he says about her now? Under She's a terrible woman.
2: Yeah, under the Just bus. Just like
0: everyone else, right? The reason I bring that up, though, is she told me some of these stories. She's like, Rob, I worked with this guy when he was, you know, 45 years old, you know, not 80, 75. And what he would do is he would, you know, come out with all this marketing for Trump Airlines or this new building he's building or this new casino, and then it wouldn't be anywhere near the, the finished product wouldn't be anywhere near what he promised. Mm. And then he would blame everyone else. Mm. And Barbara was like, I used to have to go into court with these contractors and clean up Trump's mess. So the point I'm making is Trump has done an incredible job, his, his whole career with marketing, and he is now running psyops at the highest level. And, you know, I think what what our job as supporters and what you do, an awesome job as, you know, a true independent you know media person, honest person is is to tell the truth Mm -hmm. and what we're, we're not seeing the truth from, you know, those around Trump right now, it really is a marketing campaign. So speaking of that, speaking
1: of that, uh, you, 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 I know we want to talk about this, the segue into the, the paid endorsements, the paid support. We just saw, uh, I wouldn't say this is shocking news. We just saw some articles being published by the likes of Pedro over on Twitter, who I follow. He does a lot of good journalism on his own. He's a very good independent journalist. And there are so many different segments showcased by the likes of the meme people in the Trump camp. I don't like mentioning these these petulant children by name, but they literally come out and they say that we are we are receiving money. We are receiving money from Trump's team, his super PACs, to essentially apply a meme warfare tactic on Twitter, because Twitter, it feels like is the main battleground where a lot of the political uh, back and forth is occurring on. And I saw that there was an interview done with the likes of uh, Looney Laura Loomer, whom I don't like discussing about because she's someone who I just, she has nothing to say that really interests me whatsoever. But even she conducts this interview. And Trump Truth Social posts about this, and it it displays a very sincere cult-like behavior. And it's not cult, it is cultish behavior, talking about that, paraphrasing like, I can't date people because my loyalty is to Trump and not to you. And then you see this echoed across many influencers out there that, who Dave Rubin made a very good point, I posted this clip yesterday from the show, as far as saying that these were people, Rob, that, and you know this, not even a year ago, Prior to DeSantis announcing his election big, we're praising Ron DeSantis for how well he brought forth and stood on conservative principles and values and turned Florida a bright red. And that's where I feel like a lot of people, specifically on Twitter, and many of them are watching right now, and I'm thankful for that. But a lot of us are fed up with the the lies because it would be one thing. It would be one thing if a Trump supporter said, look. I like DeSantis and many of them do. There's some good faith Trump people. It's the cultist one I don't like, but it'd be different if you came and said, look, I'm voting for Donald Trump because, look, I like them. I like the guy. We had a good economy for two years roughly before it got upended by COVID. And it's like, you know what? I, I can respect that position. That's a fine position to take. But it's these paid Joseph Goebbels like propaganda pieces that are going out there and intentionally misrepresenting the truth and they are attacking DeSantis in a manner that we've seen exemplified by the left on so many different occasions. So it's like, if I can't trust you to tell the truth, because here's the thing, if you've got the truth on your side, if you've got facts, if you've got the proven record, that literally speaks for itself. And DeSantis is just showcasing that in every debate, every town hall. It's like, look, these are the policies, these are the bills, this actually worked, it happened. But instead with these propaganda pieces, it is like how many jumped in on the don't say gay bill that was kind of like, wait a minute. It's like, you know, i've seen people bring this up from the past it's like it it had nothing to do with that they're intentionally misrepresenting and fabricating certain things to be seen as their truth in order to try and sink desantis and it's like i think people are getting fed up with this i think i think they've had enough and it's like when that article broke today or yesterday it's like people were tagging me and it's like dude we've known this it's like you these are these are paid propaganda machine pieces that's all these people are
0: Yeah, 100 percent. You know, and kudos to Pedro. Kudos to people like you for calling that out. And kudos to those who haven't accepted the influencer check, because you're absolutely right on paper. I mean, it's not even close between DeSantis and Trump at this point in their careers. Right. Trump's lost a step. He's almost 80. He can only serve one term. Yeah. What he did the first two years of his term last time was great but you have to look at someone at what they do when things are really bad in times of crisis. Yeah. He made debatably three of the biggest errors in American history with the way he handled COVID, the printing of money, you know, adding 8 trillion to the debt, which we're all dealing with inflation now. Yeah. And then in my opinion, the BLM rides too, because it opened up a, a can for, it really opened the can for cancel culture and being afraid to stand up and say, no, We're like here in Florida, we said we said no, like there will not be riots, not because we don't respect you, but because we don't burn cities down for anything in our country. So my point is three of the most important things probably in our country's history, Trump completely failed on. You go back to DeSantis record is way better. So what Trump's campaign, they know that they're not stupid, right? He's surrounded by people who have been operatives for a long time. Mm -hmm. So they have decided to run a complete closet influencer media driven campaign. They learned from exactly what was done to Donald Trump, both in 2020 and in 2016. What do I mean by that? 2020 they used COVID to lie with, they used statistics to lock you down during COVID. Yeah. So they would tell you 5,000 people died of COVID today. And that's why we have to lock you down. Yep. Well, then we realized 4,999 of them died in a car accident. And they just had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So they lied with statistics to get an outcome for politics, for political reasons. Go back to so that's 2020 go back to 2016 they lied with the polls to try and stop donald trump from becoming president like they blatantly lied with yeah. the polls go back and watch 2016 election night coverage from like a liberal organization Jeez. And watch the meltdown, watch bro, do, you you remember, do you remember?
1: Do you remember Sink from the Young Turks? Did you see that clip? It was a it was a montage of when the results were coming because I remember it was like 2 a.m. I watched uh, it. Like, I was I was filming a TV show and I was watching it like in private because nobody like supported Trump on that set. And right. I was kind of like, I support the guy. It's like it's Hillary. Of course I'm supporting Trump. Right. <laughs> but I remember seeing sinks just meltdowns throughout the hours, and somebody put together a montage where it's like, no, we can still pull it off, and it was just like, bro, you are reaching. So somebody get this guy a ladder. Like he is reaching. Yep. So hard. And it was so hilarious to watch that. But no, to your point, you're 100% right. Because what did the polling say about Hillary versus Trump? She was slaughtering him. And then Trump it's himself awful. comes out. Yeah. Trump himself comes out and says there's such thing as suppression post to try and get you right. discouraged not to go vote. And then what's hilarious to me or not really, hilarious, but more so sad is that Trump literally gives you the cheat codes to what they how their operation is running and how all political operations run for the most part. And then he will turn around and employ the same practice, and his own supporters, whom he's told that's what they're doing, don't even bat an eye. They, they don't even bat an eye at the inconsistency and the lack of truth. And it's, it's just got to the point, like, Trump really lost me, and I feel like this resonates with a lot of people. Trump lost me when it was the pedophile accusation at DeSantis. It's like, this is the kind of campaign you're going to run you've lost me. This is this is not presidential. This is this is what I expect from Democrats. I don't expect us to partake in this type of just ridiculous slander that has no truth to it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I think you make a perfect point. Kind of what I said earlier about people want disruption, but they want sanity. There are very few people in this country who think, like talking about the, the meme team, I won't even mention their name. They don't deserve it because mm. I'm also crushing them in engagement now after like four <laughs> months. Try dealing with a real builder. Anyways. Well,
1: um, did you see that uh, that Gavin Wax dude got busted? Because um, <laughs> yeah. it was nothing but bots retweeting yep. his stuff. I was like, oh, wow. And he got uh, some lady, a very nice, I followed her, has like 4,000 followers. And he's good because yep. I guess Gavin hosted Trump. And if you haven't yep. seen that clip, oh my God, folks. All he had to do was just goose step off the stage and be like, ah, like it, it was the most cringe level of a public display of fealty by All he had to do was just kneel down and kiss the ring. It was, it was so sad to see, but to watch that, it was like, this isn't a president. This is not how you treat politicians. You know, it it, it was just mind blowing to me, but yeah, Gavin wax got busted. And yeah.
0: Yeah. That was the point I was making about like people wanting disruption and sanity. Like there are very few people in this country who are primary voters who will be voting right now, who think that releasing a meme of the first lady of Florida, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, implying that there's going to be a gangbang, I'm not even going to talk about what it actually is. There are very few people who think that is healthy for our country. And that is someone that is directly being directed by the president and his core group of people around him. Right. So I think there is a massive wave of these, we the people DeSantis supporters who are like, no Trump, you know, great for disruption. I liked him, but like, we don't need this. Our country's not better off treating each other like this because yeah. many of us hate those people now, right? Yeah. Like the people who are doing this online, like it, I'm not going to make threats or anything, but like knocking someone out, like if one, if that was my girlfriend, the way some people speak to some of those women, some yeah. of the Trump people, yeah. th- there would be problems. Right. So that's not good for our country. No. Um, but that was a strategy. And, and one thing I will say is like, we've located screenshots from, it was late 2022 and early 2023 from some of the closest people around Trump mm. reaching out to these big influencers saying hey i have a comms project for you in 2023 2024 mm. uh, so we have direct kind of smoking guns of they're being paid for all this propaganda of course. but at the end of the day it's propaganda because it's not working on the ground like it's all they have yeah. so i you know i encourage people not to get Uh, Not to fall for that, not to fall for Polgate, because it really is propaganda. And as we've learned time after time, that's not what's actually taking place in the world. Propaganda is fake for a reason.
1: Oh, for sure. And like I said, this isn't shocking to see the amount of people that they're paid to to do these these, uh, again, propaganda campaigns on the Internet, on Twitter specifically. All the memes. I've seen the memes. I've seen the accusations of Casey DeSantis. And folks, I'm not making this up. Uh, My word, my hand to God. Some of this came from... Some of the most prominent propaganda mouthpieces out there. One of the biggest disappointments I've ever seen was Jack Sobasek. Jack Sobasek, again, a man who swore his oath to a constitution, has just completely forsaken it instead of, because ultimately what boils down to, what it boils down to is the fact that they want access to clout. They want fame. They're trying to essentially ride Trump's coattails to put themselves in a position for future political strategy campaign positions. That's what they're trying to do here. It's very evident. It's very clear. And it's sad to see this because I do hope and I know this is horrible to say, but I do hope that after this Trump administration is over, the era of Trump is over. These people are massively unemployed when it comes to political commentating and political pundits. I would love to see Turning Point ripped apart. I would love to see just utterly destroyed because of what they stand for now. And it's not true. It's not the constitution. It is again, blind fealty to God Emperor Trump that I will never support. And like I said, if DeSantis did this, I'd separate from DeSantis too. I don't like seeing this. But the one thing I will say is within DeSantis' team, I have not seen the level of vitriol. I have not seen the level of just disgusting reprehensible behavior coming from them. Instead, I see the likes of Christina Pushaw, Brian Griffin, a lot of those people, yourself included, going out there. And I love to see it because I was I was made aware of who Christina Pushaw was prior to DeSantis announcing his launch. And it was kind of like everybody was like, okay, hold your fire, hold your fire. Because all the speculation was starting to build about a potential run. And everybody was just kind of like, ah, uh, you know, we're just, we're just going to back off. And then as soon as DeSantis makes the announcement, these people come hitting like, oh my God! It was like they gave him like fire. Well, and then it came to they were debunking every single little supposed factoid the Trump camp had been throwing at DeSantis, and it was like an onslaught of battling misinformation with actual truth, and it was very impressive.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, they do a great job. Christina, you know, runs rapid response over there. She did it for the state of Florida before, did it masterfully. I mean, the way her and Jeremy Redfern, Ryan Griffin, you know, smacked down fake news during COVID was incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, late or early 2021, they were even getting letters from Trump and Fauci's White House still to shut back down. Mm -hmm. Um, You know how much the media grilled them, the CDC, every, even the local newspapers like the Orlando Sentinel And they did an incredible. I started calling Christina uh, what I call her, the digital assassin or something (laughs) like that. Um, She's she's
1: she's fucking. Oh, man. Pinpoint precision. A lot of that stuff. Yeah.
0: But I mean, a lot of it now is necessary because I think the battleground, even though what DeSantis and them are very right about and why they've never lost an election is because they understand how important it is to be on the ground Mm. talking to the primary voter. The primary voter is not. In a UFC stadium, the primary voter is not at Waka Flocka's rap concert. The primary, <laughs> I said, I have to say that, um, the primary <laughs> voters on the ground and DeSantis and camp understand that really well. Yeah. I do think there's some swing to the Internet. You're starting to get more penetration with voters who are on Twitter or Facebook, et cetera. Mm. But they understand that, too. So that's why we have this big digital movement that you know you see and you you know participated in. Um, so, yeah, I think they do a, a great job. Swatting down the propaganda. And if yeah. you look at the polls, the propaganda, the negative ad spending, it's all against DeSantis. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Crumb says there's one person the establishment doesn't oh, yeah. want to win. Mm-hmm. And you know the American people should want that person to win because that's the person who's probably best for them.
1: Yeah, well, it's very it's it's hilarious, ironic almost. Is it's that that you know Trump? You know he keeps talking about the falling, flailing bird, yada yada. It's like, well, then why are you taking out ten million dollar ad campaigns in Iowa to run interference against him? It's like if this person's not a threat, you would not be attacked. You know, constantly. I think. I think, by and large, most people see that now. They do see it as like, look, Trump, you can deny it all you want. You do know that DeSantis is the David to your Goliath, and he's coming at you. And that's why, uh, you know, if he takes Iowa, which I have a good feeling he will. I don't trust the polls. I want to talk about Polgate. But if, if he does take Iowa, I've said this before, that's going to be the cut for Ivan Drago. That's going to be Ivan Drago getting cut by Rocky, and now it's a ballgame. Now it's like, okay, this thing's real. I liked I like the fact that you had someone on CNN like Jake Tapper on the town hall, tells DeSantis, like, no one can accuse you of not working for it because you're out there every day. You're still running Florida. And what's Trump doing? He's in court. He's at Mar-a-Lago. He's he's doing these other things. He's hardly even in Iowa. And so he's trying to do these things of like, I don't want to go door to door anymore. I'm not trying to do grassroots. I'm trying to say, y'all come to me. Y'all come to me. Come look at me versus DeSantis saying, I'm going to you. I'm coming to your houses. I'm knocking on your doors. We're answering your questions. He did a very good job in that town hall, but let's go back to Polgate. I know this has been beaten to death. I'm tired of talking about it, but it's one of those things that I feel like people need to have different perspectives applied to this topic so they can kind of come to their own understanding. But it's like, Polgate, tell me about this.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, so over the last five years, 10 years, we've seen a lot of these trusted institutions that we thought we could trust end up being not trustworthy, actually very not trustworthy. COVID taught us that about the CDC and the NIA and big pharma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the media's has showed it nonstop the last five years. You know, Fox News segments used to be called fair and balanced, right? So <laughs> we now yeah. know that a lot of these things that were presented to the people as truth are actually manufactured truth. So I started looking at these polls because I, I see the ground game for DeSantis. I see how strong he is. I see him talk in front of these crowds. And I started looking and I'm like, there's no way mathematically that like the trend that we're seeing just doesn't make sense for him Mm -hmm. to go down in the poll while everything else is increasing. Right. So it started with me starting to dig into some of these polls. The first one we exposed was Rasmussen reports. Yeah. Oh my God. they
1: blocked everybody.
0: Everyone, you know, so it started with one post with me just posting at them saying, Hey guys, you said Giuliani was up big time in 07 and you couldn't have been more wrong. Well, Rasmussen responded to me with a screenshot of every other pollster also showing Giuliani. So I think they were trying to defend themselves by pointing to everyone else, but that blew it wide open because uh-huh. I go, wait, I go own own. wrong. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> that's, that's, this so wasn't the wind you thought it was. It's like, well, yeah, actually, we own ourselves. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, so that turned into the same thing happened with Trafalgar, mm-hmm. uh, many of these others. And we started for the last 30 days. We've released one poll per day that was just completely wrong. Um, and so just from a statistics, st- you know, I'm an AI entrepreneur. I work with big data like mm. I started looking into these and these response rates and these cross tabs, like from a statistics perspective, it doesn't make sense. If when one point eight percent of people respond to your cold outreach Mm -hmm. and 99 percent of people don't respond to your cold outreach, you can't think you're getting an effective sample set. Right.
1: Oh, they do. They do because they want to. They want that to be there. It's, again, exactly. That's the difference between journalism and what whatever you call this is now. It's like, look, here is the truth. It's like when you are when you are researching any kind of paper. anybody that's been to college, you remember your high school days when you're doing a research paper. It's there with an unbiased approach of saying I have to gather the facts and then weigh the judgment and then write the paper according to what the data is saying. These people are, in fact, doing the opposite. They're trying to find snippets here and there to fall in line with their political narrative and say, oh, well, look at this. It's like, well, that's also out of context, hence a lot of right. the polling. I, again, I've said this so many times on the show, uh, the 538 polls that has a conglomeration of all the polls out there, and you go look at how many people they polled, it's usually under 1,000. It's yeah. normally under a thousand people, and of that thousand, that's not all conservative. That's not all Republican. Those are Democrats in there as well. So when you look at this polling, and again, New Hampshire, one point three million, and they poll nine hundred seventeen, and they say, well, of that, that's fifty percent Republican, and of that, Nikki Haley is getting a surge in the polls. Well, when you when you put it out there and say, well, Nikki Haley surging in New Hampshire polls is like, yeah, with like two hundred people right. out of one point three million, and it's, and that's your data. That's what you're going off of, and people. And it's like, I, I try to make the point to a lot of people out there, like you get it. When you are plugged in to the matrix of politics, this stuff resonates with you. It's common sense. But to the average voter that might catch a segment of Sean Hannity, that might catch a segment of Fox News or whatever, they're given a very brief snippet of Nikki Haley's surges in the polls, and they think that's it. They think that's the gospel. That's it. I mean, unless you watch the show and you get the God's honest truth fed to you from myself, the savage himself- I'm sitting here, telling you, I got no reason to lie to you, but it's just like these average voters, they don't know any better. They 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 take no. what these these agencies give to them and they they view it as gospel and they don't know any better.
0: Yeah, and then that's why I've been leading a call for transparency for these polls, right? Because to your point, they could have taken that sample from the parking lot outside of a Nikki Haley rally and presented it as likely Republican voters. And that wouldn't technically be a lie but do you think you're getting a valid sample set from the parking lot, right? The other thing is most of these pollsters are paid by the very campaigns or political action committees that are putting the polls out. So what stops them from getting a result that they don't like, Mm -hmm. crinkling that up, throwing it in the trash and say, nope, we're gonna try again until we get the one that Trump will like or someone else will like, right? So there's this concept in statistics and in computer science called data provenance, right? Mm -hmm. And that's essentially an invisible string from where data starts versus where versus where it goes to. And if that invisible invisible connection isn't there, you have no audit trail. It right. means I can sneak anything yeah. I want. I, so in computer science, that's very important because if you can point to an audit trail, it's provable, right? And so if you look at everything in, in America with risk, you know, to sell a security, to sell an investment to someone, you have to register. You have to register that risk and let them know, hey, here's the things I'm not sure about. But we have these pollsters being paid to sell democracy to people or a view of democracy, and there's no transparency. There's no reason for them to have to be compliant. Or, and again, I'm not talking about big government involvement, I just mean transparency of yeah. some sort. Yeah. Like, if you're going to promote these things and they're used as propaganda, then we need to stop that or make them transparent or at least put a disclaimer. Otherwise, there is no free and fair elections. Like, it's mm. just a propaganda outlet. It's just, you know, so. That's what we've done with PollGate. I will make it a quick announcement here, John, if you want me to. Absolutely. So we are going to be releasing, and I'm doing this with a group of DeSanta supporters, not through the campaign officially. Mm -hmm. We are going to be releasing our own poll and we're going to use data, big data. We're gonna use audit trails and transparency and we're gonna actually show people how we get the data. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna show you how, first of all, what you're looking at right now is a true. It isn't representative of what's actually happening. And secondly, that there's a better way, because we have to fix this for the future, too. Like, we just learned that, like, every poll, and polls are the biggest things used every election, nope. we now know they're all pay to play, or, yeah, yep. exactly. So I'll make that announcement here, everyone on Twitter, it says, put your money where your mouth is then, Mr. AI entrepreneur, prove that you can do better, I'm going to. So we're going to be releasing our own poll, and I will keep you in the loop on that, because nice. we have to fix this.
1: Yeah. yeah, I love capitalism because it does present opportunities such as this to where it's like, look, if you've got MSM mouthpiece outlets out there that are clearly fabricating, they're clearly biased, they are clearly misrepresenting the truth. You look at CNN, it's, it's evident every single day. It yeah. does leave open the opportunity for, say, for example, a Tucker News Network, which I think is going to be another Trump echo chamber. But, hey, yeah. I love capitalism presenting that opportunity. Same yeah. for you. Now you see that the polling, you know, all you have to do is just be transparent. That's literally right. it. Like you can say, what makes you any different? We're transparent. And here's how, right. here's where we polled, who we polled. Exactly. Yes. When you can showcase something like that, that I think that's going to set you apart drastically. But I certainly would not expect anyone to support this on the left or even Trump's camp because it's going to be like, oh. now you're playing on an even playing field and they don't want that. Because when you see the president, the, the 45th president of the United States, quoting a poll from a Twitter account named Cat Turd, I sit here and I I just feel like most Americans have become very desensitized to what acting unpresidential looks like, and it's okay for them. It's like, we used to be a country that had standards to a degree, and there were some things that you just didn't do. There were some things, there were some low roads you didn't go down. And, you know, I think people liked that at first with Trump. We we enjoyed it because it was like, he's speaking for us. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like we, we, it resonates, absolutely. That's why people, I think, love DeSantis when he hits back at the press. When he would do the COVID interviews, he would just straight up smack these people, and but he did it in a very professional way. Whereas in Trump, it just kept going towards like, dude, you gotta stop feeding the trolls at some point. It's like any new Twitter follower you get or you follow a new Twitter account you know, you'll, you'll see some really good stuff, but then you see them going back and forth to the trolls all day. And it's like, well, I'm not interested in this because now you're just, you're trying to refute idiots with like two followers. It's like, there's no point in this, but like refuting large political pundits and, you know, going back and taking what they to say and applying truth to it. And then, you know, basically dissecting it, breaking down showing it to be false. That's what resonates with people. It's debunking these points they try and come to. So the fact that you're doing something like this, that's awesome. That's awesome to see. I hope you're very successful. You deserve it.
0: Yeah, thank you. No, I mean, I think one of the things that's happening, it's a good thing because you're seeing a decentralization away from all of the established corrupt institutions, even media like yourself. Right. Even Tucker Carlson, to your example. I really hate what Tucker has become. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's pretty evident. Again, show me the incentive. I'll show you the outcome. But at least we're seeing a movement away from one or two echo chambers that there are no other, you know, dissenting opinions. And One of the things I'll say with DeSantis is one of the reasons I've encouraged this movement, this digital movement. And one of the reasons I've even spent a lot of time on it, you know, I've admitted I am not paid. I'm a volunteer, I'm an advisor, Mm -hmm. but I do not let them pay me because I'm, I'm a taxi heel, Right. So, but the reason I've gotten so involved in leading this digital movement is because I see that as a way to unlock the media And a more fair narrative, even if Mm -hmm. the media doesn't want to, the media responds to clicks. They respond to attention. Look what just happened with Fox News and the uh, Gavin Newsom DeSantis debate. Oh, yeah. They're one of their biggest segments in a while. Look at the. um, uh, That right there,
1: Rob, that right there, when people talk about polling, they had like, what, 5.8 million people tuned in to watch that? And And you go look at the. and, And you look at the polling, these things don't align. They tuned in to watch DeSantis. That was that was, that's who it was. Like the, Most leftists do not... I shouldn't say left. Most Democrats do not like Newsom. They do not right. like him from what he's done in California. Yeah. So when you see that type of number of people tuning in, and for people that don't know this, when it comes to ratings on television shows, it, it goes by the single digits per million. So if a show gets a one rating, it got one million live viewers. That's what they take back to the ad people and say, this is what we're doing. Then they sell ads to make that show continue. If they can't get enough ads... No one's going to buy it. The show gets canceled. For American Grid, I think we had 2.5. We had 2.5 million people watching the show. Wasn't strong enough. Normally, you need about a three. When you get a 5.8, that's like, that's Game of Thrones. So if you can, no, I'm dead serious. That's why, I mean, five is the cap. It used to be five was the cap. And it's like, if you're hitting 5 million, that's it. Yeah, we're renewing this. The ad ad spend will be, absolutely. So when DeSantis is drawing in something like that on a debate, and you see that viewership but prior to that you saw the trump administration saying who's really going to watch this nobody wants to see this like yes the people do and i don't think the trump team seemed to understand you are putting your, you're pigeonholing yourself into this position of we the people versus you the elite Washington D.C. establishment telling us what well, we don't want to see. No, we do want to see the left and the right go at it. We want to see progressive policies get dunked on. DeSantis is the man. I think Trump was a fool for not having actually taken a debate like that. That was the first time we've seen in a very long time left versus right because the infighting, it's getting old. I want to see people going after the left again because there's they're ripe with it right now. There's so many different things we to be attacking on. But that 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 percentage or that viewership, bro, that wasn't peanuts. That was huge. That was huge.
0: No, and huge. if you look at the other ones that had massive ratings, it was the other GOP debates yeah. that DeSantis was also a part of. And yeah. now you look at CNN. CNN just had a big night. Someone, one of the Trump influencers, posted, "Oh, well, you know, why is CNN even having uh, Desantis on if they if they really want Trump to win the primary?" I go, "Because they don't have a choice. They're seeing dollars. They're seeing yeah. clicks. They're seeing ad revenue, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, is not only is a great sign for Desantis, but what I was saying earlier about decentralizing, as our movement online grows, I wouldn't say online, the Desantis movement grows in general. Mm-hmm. All of these." like the Tucker echo chamber, for example, they're not going to have a choice, but to be fair, because they're going to lose viewership just like a Fox news will, if they're not fair. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that's part of what I tell people. Don't let the the polls, don't let the psyop get us off track. This Mm -hmm. movement, I mean, you're an online guy. Like this is what you do. You've seen it the last four or five months. It has, it has went 10 X. Like my personal engagement, I used to do, it was like 700,000 impressions a month. Now I do 5 million a week, excuse me, that's awesome. Three million a week, not $5 million, Three million a week. Um, and so point is like, that's growth. And I'm not a professional I'm, like that's mine is it's natural because I do this for fun. Right. Yeah. Like I have like I do it on the side. So to see that type of hockey stick growth, then I look at all the other data points around DeSantis, every trend is, is in his favor. And so I, that's why I think yeah. we have to, you know, really stay strong, stay passionate and kind of keep growing this movement and make sure we win Iowa, because once we do. All of that goes t- probably a hundred x. We mm-hmm. win Iowa overnight. The money, the attention, the momentum, all goes hundred x for DeSantis overnight. That's why. That's another reason Iowa is such a big deal. It's a psychological. It's a. It's a first in the nation primary. So,
1: the the thing you just said about the, um, excuse me. You had two questions that came to mind. Number one, campaign donations. I'm not sure if you have these figures, but when we saw the Q3 reports get released by all the fundraising campaigns, DeSantis had a lot a lot of single don- individual donors. We're talking a lot, which is, for those that don't recognize that, that's, that's a massive, um, I mean, technically DeSantis is not grassroots because he was already established as Republican governor. Grassroots is like somebody that just comes, like Vivek would be technically grassroots. You're coming from nowhere, you're starting from the bottom. But when you've got individual donors to the level that DeSantis does, people in the Trump team are saying like, look, we've got these massive donors, you know, donating so much money. It's like, yeah, but that's like one dude that's a wealthy tech billionaire, whatever. It's like, that's fine, but that's one vote. And you can use that money to influence to try and get more votes. But when you've got so many people lining up, I know, uh, you know, these people like Reese and and all these other people on on social media, on Twitter. Um, I forget everybody involved. And I, I'm sorry if I forget their names, but you've been involved. I've seen yeah. Christina Pushaw be in there. Shout out to Dave Rubin came in there, did it. Uh, Steve Deese, a lot of these people come in. And they, they've they raised in these Twitter spaces, $100,000, that's- That's insane. That is truly indicative of a grassroots Twitter movement, which is I think that's definitely going to change, like forget politics for a second, that's going to change the scope of the political landscape in the future and certainly will definitely help out Elon. But it's one of these things that like you have to recognize where the new political frontier is. And I think that X is definitely it. It behooves people to get involved, to get on there and see a lot of the facts being debunked by a lot of these mainstream, I shouldn't say mainstream, but DeSantis camp people that know what they're talking about. It's really, it's interesting to watch how this plays out.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll talk about two things there. So one is the small donors, right? Yeah. You can't fake that. And that's a big deal because to your point, one big donor, okay. Yeah. You can get commercials, this and that, but like, it's still just one person
2: mm-hmm.
0: grassroots or 10, you know, thousand dollars donors. That's 10,000 people who are going to go out and tell their friends. That's 10,000 people who felt strongly enough about this politician to actually give money. So they're probably going to go tell their friends and encourage others to vote like you just money can't buy that. Yeah. To your other point, with Trump's last quarter um, um, uh, registration for what they what they raised. So just like they've done the whole time in the propaganda campaign, Trump came out in, with some ridiculous figure. I think it was like thirty five million or something and new money we brought in. Mm-hmm. No, that was all money transferred from other packs, other organizations, shady transfers. Right. Gray area at best. When it comes to new donations brought in, his real number was only something like $100,000 from new donors. Damn. Insane. To your point, we've done more in our Twitter spaces. We've done about $115,000 right now in our that's Twitter incredible. spaces. Right, just from $10, $20 donors. So that's one of the things that, uh, it's again, it's a data point that you can't lie about. Mm. You can't pay a meme team to show up for you and actually be passionate about debunking things or going on the ground and actually talking to voters in new hampshire or in iowa so yeah yeah, i definitely Mm -hmm. think that this online movement is going to open eyes because again i've said this to everyone and and you know despite what trump and them are saying none of us are paid all the people like these people are not paid whatsoever and it is a true digital movement we have literally tens of thousands of people like, I just connected. I like how you said that digital people. movement. I
1: like that digital movement. is. Yeah, good.
0: I, I connected 25 people <laughs> to the volunteer group in Iowa who don't even live in Iowa. Just through Twitter, they're like, no, we're coming to Iowa. We're going to help make sure DeSantis wins this. So mm-hmm. that type of grassroots movement, to your point, I think it's going to really show itself in the future online more. And to DeSantis' um, camp, I think it's really indicative that he is in a much better position <clears throat> than the media is trying to show and that Trump and them are trying to convince everyone of.
1: If you if you this is uh, again, I love the digital movement thing. That's that's very well put. I, I want to first real quick frame the fight that DeSantis and his team are currently fighting. Number one, you're going against Goliath Trump. Let's not even let's not even pretend like it's not. I never want to undervalue or underestimate our enemy here, our political opponents rather. Excuse me. Um, now you've got Tucker, who's launched the Tucker News Network, and he's hobnobbing with the likes of Alex Jones, Kid Rock, Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Um, I haven't covered it on the show yet. I've been busy with a lot of guest interviews and again, thank you for coming on. It's one of these things that I didn't get to, but I want to get to it right now. Um, right now in terms of, um, loyalty, you've got Dana White was paid $100 million by Anheuser Bush to be the sponsor of UFC. I saw, I saw a clip of Dana White sitting there with Tucker Carlson and I agree with you. It is sad to see what Tucker has devolved into, he used yeah. to be someone that I think did stand on true journalistic integrity. And I do have it behind uh, closed doors. I was right on the assessment. He got fired from Fox because of the Dominion software lawsuit, they sued them and they settled out of court. One of the conditions was you have to get rid of Tucker Carlson. Um, so that was proven true. I was kind of like, I figured that's what it was. You don't get rid of your, your main dude that's bringing you most rad, ad uh, ad revenue um, without justifiable cause. Yeah. So, Now you've got a massive echo chamber that's going to be prominent for Trump voices. There's not going to be fair and balanced news reporting over there. You just know it. But when you've got the likes of Dana White saying that if you're a patriot, you should be drinking gallons of Bud Light. If, If you truly love this country, you should be buying Bud Light. And Tucker's just sitting there north and south. You've seen the likes of Kid Rock. Kid Rock, political savant extraordinaire. Yeah. Kid Rock, <laughs> Tell ball, me more, ball, ball with the ball, to bang to bang. Um, shooting up a case of Bud Light, and then not even two months later, you know, he tells the story of how Trump introduced him to the CEO of Anheuser Bush at an event, and then Tucker, uh, excuse me, Kid Rock is kind of like, well, you know, I met this guy, and you know, it, it affected a lot of jobs. And it's like, well, yes, Kid, it did. And I was like, but you're also fighting cultural Marxism here that I don't think you really understand in depth. So now that Tucker has essentially brought all these big names together, Crowder as well, these are people that are supporting Trump, some more so than others. Some people try to do very soft-spoken support to not alienate a lot of their listeners. Me, personally, I don't care. Like I really don't care if you listen to me or not. I mean, I do. I hope you do listen. But it's one of those things. that These people are sacrificing their journalistic integrity, their values and principles, for a paycheck. And this is what DeSantis is up against now. He is up against a newly formed... Conglomeration of large conservative voices that are so quick to sell out the money to money that is given to them by the likes of anheuser Bush. And it's just that's that's very indicative of, of just horrible leadership. We saw Trump Jr. say that we shouldn't be doing this because Bush or Bush donated so much money to the Trump campaign. And it's like so now you're just saying the message should be money over principles. And I have to say that I respect the hell out of Matt Walsh for saying this boycott is not over until they apologize. I love seeing that. But this is also, again, what DeSantis is up against every day, every day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is very unfortunate. But again, it's not surprising. I I mean, money is the most powerful thing in the world. I mean, think about the money that was probably that is probably moving hands in those relationships between Mm -hmm. Trump, Tucker, Dana White, Kid Rock. Um, So does it surprise me? No, not at all. I I guarantee there's a list of bullet points that all of them have. And these are the words and the way you say it. And so is it disgusting? Is it disappointing? Yes. But what I think is, first of all, I mentioned it earlier, we saw this with Jeb Bush, you know, in 2016, the donors, the big elites lining up behind you, that doesn't mean winning anymore necessarily.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I posted a couple of weeks ago, I always like to bring up the story of Wall Street bets and the meme stocks who are able to destroy uh, a <laughs> yeah. billion dollar hedge fund, Melvin Capital, to the moon. just by coordinating, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, just by coordinating on Reddit, right? Mm-hmm. So the power of the swarm, the power of the internet movement, the power of 500,000 people moving together versus one billionaire moving by himself, you would be surprised, right? Again, I go back to Donald Trump. Donald Trump raised $250 million for Stop the Steal, basically from from retail investors, basically from people who are like, dang, I feel bad for this guy. Yeah, he had some big money that was given too, but a lot of mom and pop gave $100 or $500. The internet has a pool of of power and capital like nothing that's ever existed, and we the people like all these data points we've been talking about. There is a movement behind DeSantis. So as much as I don't like these, you know, what Tucker's doing and the blatant Trump bias, I do think it will it will get less and less because Trump, you know, Tucker and them won't have a choice. And even if they continue to you know to just put out propaganda and not be fair we're going to make so much noise with millions of people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, again, at, at the beginning of the wall street bets thing, it was like one week in or one month in Everyone was like, all right, this is over. There's no way that the re, the internet will be able to beat Melvin capital. Go back, go back to bet Everybody mm-hmm. three months later, Melvin capital was literally like bankrupt. <laughs> and so, so the point is I do, I want to encourage everyone not to worry about a couple big influencers. Oh yeah. 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 You know, that, that's we, the people are a lot more powerful and I'm confident the way DeSantis is building that ground game and our own like grassroots digital movement. We don't need the paychecks, you know, to build our own million, you know, viewer thing.
1: I think people do it for the, the actual altruistic reasons of like, I want this guy in there because I, I truly feel, and, and I, have to, I have to be honest on this one, it wouldn't be hard to fix Joe Biden's economy. It would not be energy being right. first one. DeSantis has already said this very clear that for day one, we're becoming energy independent again. Every conservative across the spectrum can agree, yes, that is the first step. Secondly, he said national emergency at the southern border. In this classification, I agree. This is a national emergency. We, we do see a massive invasion at the southern border. We see states are being economically just hamstrung. We see the VAs now giving better care, more care, or more attention to illegal immigrants over our nation's veterans. This is happening under Joe Biden this is Joe Biden's economy. And so for, for, you know, for DeSantis to come in there and say, this is what I'm going to do to fix this, his policies make sense. It's not one of these very generically spoken points of like, well, blah, 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 you know, um, I, I do appreciate the about him, that about him. But again, it's like, again, you're fighting this uphill battle. And the Trump, uh, or excuse me, the Tucker echo chamber, that's one of those things that when you position yourself right out the gate, that Tucker, who's also criticized Trump many times in the past, who now comes out and says, oh, I love the guy. You clearly see that they are trying to see which way the wind blows and they're positioning themselves for future. And it's all about money. Future um, participation with you know, full access interviews to Donald Trump. We saw, I think Tucker really showed his true colors during the first debate when he did that interview with Trump during the debate. And it was nothing but softball questions, nothing but softball questions.
0: Yeah, the, the first two things that really made me think Tucker was no longer acting with the same journalistic integrity that he used to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One was the the Michael Obama interview. And I'll tell you why, because I think a lot of people were excited about that. That's a big deal. If there's any truth to that, I, I don't know. Right. I have no idea. Yeah. But what I was disappointed about was I was expecting some bombshell with evidence like a Tucker you know, expose. And you kind of got some guy who wasn't really trustworthy, some guy with like 50 felonies on his record, basically <laughs> saying, yeah, I know for a fact that Michelle Obama's Michael Obama. And I'm just mm, like, yeah. "So after that, I was like, OK, maybe Tucker just needs some clicks. I'm like, I wouldn't have released that. But but OK. But I wasn't impressed as someone looking for data. Right. Like yeah. I didn't leave that saying, oh, wow, is that true? I left that saying like, what the heck kind of clickbait was that? Yeah. The next one, to your point. Was, yes, when he released when he had that Trump video with all softballs right before the debate, like Tucker, of all people knows this is democracy. Like, come on, man. Like you used to be on TV covering these elections. Go ahead and release something the same night. Do it before or after. Like you're blatantly I get if you're trying to get at Fox News, but you're getting at the American people more than Fox News. Yeah, yeah. I lost a lot of respect there, too.
1: It's all about the money. But to me, it was just kind of like it seemed like, you know, Elon was doing something with Tucker as far as like he would put episodes on there and just the ad revenue I'd imagine you'd be pulling because, I mean, he was getting my God I think one video had over 500 million views. It's like, bro, that's a good little paycheck there. Now, I'm not sure what the overhead would be on a production company that Tucker was trying to set up, but it's like you didn't have to go the route you did to where now you're bringing in. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of Alex Jones. I'm just not. When you come out there and you talk about Sandy Hook was a false flag operation. I'm like, I'm sorry, you it's it's an Ostradamus effect that when you have so many different predictions, and you get three out of a 1000, right? Oh, he was right. Yeah, on 3%. On 3%. That's fine.
0: Yeah, there's a level of intelligence, again, for people who look at data and who like actually understand the real world where you're like, you're not just believing into these narratives. Hey, I I give Alex Jones credit for a couple of things he called out, right? Like there are some conspiracies that are out there like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. but to, to, to think, to like not understand how chain of custody and events and data affect each other, to think that like Sandy Hook was fake, mm-hmm. you're an idiot, yeah. right? Like to, to your point. So I don't blame you. Again, show me the incentive. show I'll show you the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, with Elon, for example, I don't blame Elon for bringing Alex Jones back. No, I'm glad Disney's he did. I'm glad Elon, he did. Yeah. Elon. Yeah. I mean, Elon needs the clicks. He needs all yeah. the ad revenue he can get. Like, it's wrong what the corporations are trying to do to Elon. I'm all for that. Yeah. I personally think, again, personal opinion, not blessed or from the campaign. I think the Florida attorney general or some legal mechanism should look into um, what's being done to mm-hmm. Elon by Disney, some of these others, um, because obviously Florida and DeSantis are the one person who knows how to beat the Disney's of the world, mm-hmm. uh, the butt Lights of the world. Um, so but anyways, yeah. I don't. I, I thought that was
1: interesting though that Desantis did go after Disney. And, you know, uh, I, I'm more of a libertarian when it comes to stuff like this. I don't like state involving itself in free market enterprise. But Disney sure. should never have been given that that um, deed back of that that uh, agreement. Um, was it back in 1965, 55? Yeah. It was. And then DeSantis yeah, comes along. For a long time. Yeah, and so DeSantis comes along and says, "Oh, by the way, if this is what you want to pedal in our state, as far as the woke agenda and the LGBT nonsense being pushed on kids, we're revoking all of these state given rights. Now you're going to be on an equal playing field with everybody else." It's like that's kind of the position that it should have been the entire time. Like, why should Disney be shown all this favoritism? Because the thing that aggravates me, brother, is that we have we have our own company, and it is very difficult to make ends meet in this economy, especially anybody that's wanting to launch a business the government is already against you. You're going to pay so many intact. You get penalized for being successful. And when I, as a business owner can say like, look, we are able to make money, create jobs, invest more back into the local economy, which is needed. But as a result of that, you're taking more of my overhead profits. It's like, explain that to me. So when you had the likes of DeSantis taking it to Disney, I agree with that in a sense of they should never have been given that favorability from the get-go. But if that's the way they want to go with it, I was very interested to see how DeSantis handled that. And the fact that Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, and the rest of them sided with Disney over DeSantis just for political purposes. Like, look, there are some things that we should be above. I think that we should all be united on fighting the cultural Marxism, the transing of children, the genital mutilation. But when you instead take the side of your political opponents' um, enemies, I, I'm sorry, I cannot, and I, I, even I, I think many people agree, the DOJ prosecuting Donald Trump, massive, massive overstep. It should never have happened. This is ridiculous. We can all concede to that fact. Yeah, there's a lot of weaponization of the government. But at the same time, explain to me how I should feel sorry for a guy that has turned a blind eye to the January Sixers. Well, you know, you, you preach loyalty. I need to see some loyalty. I don't see it. I do see loyalty with DeSantis. I see the loyalty f- f- flying home 700 people from Israel. I see a lot yeah. of that that Biden's administration wouldn't even do. So it's like that's the marks of a leader that I can respect.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think all those speak to DeSantis's strength in general. Um, and again, you know, even like you mentioned, the weaknesses of Trump. January 6th, perfect example. I'm only a few blocks away um, from what, I don't want to be careful with locations, giving these up. Basically, Trump's best friend, Jared Kushner's father,
1: mm.
0: Trump pardoned. Mm-hmm. Instead of pardoning a January 6th, mm-hmm. he pardoned.
1: Hey, pardon Steve Jared Bannon. Kushner. Yes. Bannon, Bannon, the guy that was like the whole wall thing. You know, he that guy was prosecuted for good reasoning. He's like, ah, you're kind of guilty, bro. He's like, I pardon you. It's like, okay, we got we got Julius Assange. We got Snowden. We've got a lot of January 6ers. Ross.
0: You got Ross Albrecht. One of the most yeah. disgusting, you know, overreaches of government ever. Yeah, yeah. January sixth, and instead, Trump Trump pardons Kodak Black, a, a drug addicted rapper. Like, what are you Who, the, Didn't about? he it, just
1: get busted again?
0: He did just get busted again. Yeah. I think yeah. I saw a, a, a highlight too. But yeah. again, it goes to again why we need to move on from Trump. But then the strength of a Desantis with his loyalty with things like that. Yeah. So again, taking on Disney. I agree with you. I think the Disney uh, rule was something from back in the day when corporations and the economy was different. Like Disney was providing so much economic value back then that like, yeah, it was like, hey, we're going to cater to them. Forty, 50 years later, the economy is much more decentralized. There's many more small businesses, blah, blah, blah. Um, No, they shouldn't have that power. Again, it speaks to DeSantis's legislative and governance skill to actually be able to beat Disney like Disney is beating Elon Musk right now. Like you saw how frustrated Elon looked at that New York Times interview. He yeah. literally gave the middle finger to everyone, to all them, everyone there and said, hi, Bob, talking mm. to Bob Igor, who was in the crowd, the CEO of Disney. Yeah. He's mm. losing. Meanwhile, literally the articles are everywhere. Bob just came out and says, OK, we're going to step back on the gender and yeah. ideology and the woke stuff. And so DeSantis won and they dropped all of their suits besides some nonsense freedom of speech suit. Yeah. So DeSantis won in court across the board. Yeah, I don't know how and in, in with the problems we have today and the things are going on. I don't know how you look at DeSantis and don't see he is by far the best. You talked about Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, I was super fortunate to play a super tiny part in that. Um, you know, so obviously you saw the attacks happen. Yeah. Governor DeSantis immediately scrambled resources to, you know, save Americans there. Um, you know, where was Donald Trump doing at that time? Mm-hmm. Tweeting about his relationship with Kanye West and mm-hmm. how he wasn't listed high enough in the Forbes list. Yeah. While DeSantis was getting Americans home. Yeah. I basically long story short, I got a text from a colleague who was on the ground there. He's an intelligence operative. Now he's a private operative, private security operative, uh, former military intelligence. He was like, hey, Rob, we have an American we're trying to evacuate. We can't get any flights out. I know you're yeah. with De DeSantis. Can you put us in touch with the planes that he just sent here? So I posted a couple of weeks ago the screenshots. Um, I'm in a screenshot with some Um, Some of the the governor's team and uh, some special forces on the ground, uh, getting some of these people out of there. So, you know, it's just across the board. DeSantis does the right thing for the people. Mm -hmm. And Trump just says something and then doesn't do anything for the people. And that's, I think, probably the biggest reason I would point to DeSantis as the best candidate we've had in a long time for the United States of America.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the only the only one of the few faults that I'll find with DeSantis is, and I know this isn't his fault directly, is the red flag laws that still apply in Florida. I do not agree with that. I know that was Rick. Was not that Rick Perry? I think it was Rick Perry.
0: Was it Rick Scott? Rick was Scott. Rick I'm sorry, Perry? Rick Scott. Rick Scott.
1: Uh, his Rick predecessor. Scott. Yeah, and I mean that was basically put into place. And then they passed con- uh, Desantis, supporter of constitutional carry, which I fully agree with. But the red flag laws, like that, that's got to that that needs to be a number one priority, um, in my opinion. Like if you want to pull in the two A crowd, which I think a lot of people, you know, are starting to see how Trump was not a pro two A. I mean, how even Reagan was not a pro two A president. I, I always I love Reagan's economic policies, but Reagan on the Second Amendment was not a very strong pro two a president. Either was Donald Trump. Um, no. But when we see someone like DeSantis, who's going to try and pull in those types of people, it's like, well, then your state needs to be a reflection of constitutionally protected rights. And the Second Amendment is a big one. That is one criticism I do have of him. And it's it's it'll be, be consistent. I know state legislature comes into play on that. But sure, I do yeah. want to see that be addressed by his campaign. And then the other thing I, I um. I think he could have done a better job of in the CNN town hall was when it came to a federal abortion ban. You know, sure. he, he gave the right answer, but it was a long winded version. It should have just been a straight to the point, concise. I will not sign a federal abortion ban. I'm going to push it to the States. That right there. Boom. That that's yep. all you need. I think that will definitely resonate with a lot of independence. I think that will definitely resonate with a lot of moderate Democrats. Um, because again, you set yourself for success up for success after the primary. If you make it through to the general, now you're pulling people from the left over to your side. So those yeah. are those are two things that I think that could have been done better. But again, I'm going to have criticisms for everybody. I think that's not yeah. me saying like I don't like the guy. It's saying, but these are things that I feel like should be laid at the feet of the Santos team and say, look, these are some things that I feel like people are saying. We should look into this because it's a, it's a concern. And when you can go out there and see what the people are saying, the one thing that I do like about DeSantis and his team is that they do listen to the people. They do listen to the people. I respect that because I've seen the tweets. I've yeah. seen so many people coming out and saying, you know, these are some topics we should be focusing on. And then you see the team reflect that. That's impressive. I do like seeing that type of grassroots level of communication to where the people actually have a say and they're going to address these concerns. I love seeing that. That's very, um, that's very, it's good. I like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think the criticisms are, are valid, right? Like we should have we should be allowed to criticize the people who want to represent us in our democracy. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're probably part of a cult. And yeah. that's what we're seeing a lot of right now with Trump and people yeah. just ignoring, you know, all the things that are happening right now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, to your point, I, I think being able to take criticism is an important thing. You've seen it with the campaign. Yeah. Um, you know, I've given them feedback, you've given them feedback. And they act on it. Yeah. And I think that's like why I'm impressed by DeSantis. No politician will ever, ever be perfect. Right. But DeSantis is like, Hey, here is who I am as a person. This is what I believe in my heart. Even if you don't like it, here is what I would do if I was approached you know, with the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do agree. And I think this is a, a common problem with smart people that he can be long winded sometimes where yeah. a simple answer, like you said, could be easier yeah. where, you know, he ends up going on a four minute, but it's because he understands the policy so much. Yeah. Right. He wants you to understand where his thoughts are going. So I think that's something that's easily, you know, you get better with as you get used to being on camera all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's definitely capable. hitting his stride.
1: That's for sure. Yeah, like for when we sure. first saw DeSantis come on the scene, it was like he, he was focused on policy. It, there was no doubt about that. You know, the, the first debate, I expected them to really come out swinging hard on DeSantis. They didn't. Yeah. Instead, it was just more so Vivek trying to put a spotlight on himself. He got dogpiled in the second debate, did not end very well for him. And then you saw Vivek and Nikki Haley dominating the stage, but they're arguing back and forth. And then by the last debate, DeSantis came out swinging hard that everybody was like, that's the guy we want to see. That's, that's the fighter that we like seeing. Because it feels good to like say, like, okay, our guy is refined. What do you have? But it is nice, okay, gloves are coming off. It's time to start fighting these dudes the way they need to be fought. And DeSantis is definitely coming to his own on that. And I did like seeing that. That was good to see. And I know they took a lot of feedback because even the smiling part, I tweeted out some people weren't happy with me, but I don't really care. It's like when you're sitting there going, it's like, bro, you got to cut that. You can frown, bro. If you've got resting vet face, that's okay. That's
0: okay. Like yeah. That. yeah it's, oh,
1: it's a thing. If you're a veteran, I like, like, like it's a yeah. thing. It's just kind of like, I'm so tired of hearing your bullshit. So it's like when DeSantis is out there, it's kind of like, bro, if that looks forced. Be authentic. Be yourself. And I know DeSantis is probably a little awkward socially. I don't care. I don't care. Sure. His policies are the only thing I care about. But people have become very accustomed to, like I said, though, these circus show performative politics. Um, and Trump is an animated crowd pleaser. And Vivek dominates the stage. It resonates with the people. But when it comes to actionable policy that's going to put money in your pocket, protect your rights, keep America truly as free as it can be, it's. I think when you go, like you said, a side-by-side, Ron DeSantis has got the proof on this one. That's why he's got my vote.
0: Absolutely. So I, I think one thing is you hit it on the head like DeSantis gets better as his campaign goes on. That's been his M.O. his whole career when he was running in yeah. Congress, when he was running for the governor twice when he, for the governor. Then he was running for reelection. Mm-hmm. He always gets stronger and stronger. And I think that's one of the hardest parts about this primary because of the psyop you're seeing in the media mm-hmm. to remember this is a long game like it, Trump. Excuse me, DeSantis. It's very unlikely he doesn't perform well in Iowa. Like it's very, 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 very unlikely he does so bad that it ends on January 15th or around then, right? Like it's yeah. almost impossible. So this will go the whole way. And to your point, DeSantis is getting stronger and he has a a habit, a reputation for this in his campaigns. Meanwhile, the others are getting weaker. Vivek's running out of money, Trump's yeah. running out of money. Like that's why you see the-, the Oh de- my Haley God, did Trump you see the
1: NFT thing? No, I know like, you absolutely. saw it. Oh, my God, dude. And yeah. I'm a
0: big crypto guy. So, like, I've been in crypto for a long time. But, yeah. like, I understand the fundamentals of crypto. So, that is, like, especially disgusting to me because... Like win a, when a piece one, of
1: his suit? It's like, win a piece I, of Donald Trump's suit. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I lost a
0: piece of my intelligence.
1: <laughs> it's just, like, this This is the death rattle of a campaign that is running out of money because they're spending it all on legal fees. I can't even imagine the legal fees this guy's facing. But, again, that's also to the point of, like, stop giving them ammunition against you. Now there are, there are some things, and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to sit and pretend like I am there. I've listened to some legal experts talk about like, no, there are a few charges that could stick, but to the level him, to the level of him being imprisoned, probably not. It's like, yeah, I I don't agree with that either. It's like, but the other part that we have to deal with here though, is the whataboutism that actually holds truth. It's like, if it's a classified document thing, okay, you've got some grounds, but you're not prosecuting Biden. You're not prosecuting any of these guys. So then why are you prosecuting Trump? So it's like we can have the difference of opinions of saying, look, I'm not going to vote for the guy, but what they're doing to him is completely illegal. It's completely unjustified. This is a witch hunt. We don't agree with this, but it's hard to feel any kind of empathy with the dude. When you turn around and call someone like um, Ron DeSantis, like a pedophile, it's like, ah, oh, OK, and then you've abandoned the j Sixers. Adios. It's like, I, I don't think- know what you want me to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I think the one thing DeSantis has said, he's going to look at pardons on day one. I think that's a smart way to say it. Like, yes, the government is weaponized. I'm going to handle that. But if we just keep looking backwards at that, we're going to get our ass kicked in 2024 either way. What's a worse scenario for Donald Trump and for his freedom? Democrats winning again, mm-hmm. or someone like Ron DeSantis winning, who actually understands all the legal mechanisms and how to actually get Trump out of this. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's smart. I mean, again, you know why Trump and them want to keep talking about it. They want that sympathy, vote, right? Like yeah. every there's a reason. And the Dems, that's why the Dems keep making all the trial dates and everything they do yeah. right around the primaries. Everyone thinks it's because they want to stop Donald Trump from even being in the primary. No, no they'll, stop, they'll stop Donald Trump. After they can they hope to help him to win. And that's the worst case scenario for America, for Republicans, for you and me, for Donald Trump. So that's, you know, again, to your point, the weaponization of government is wrong on all sides. DeSantis will deal with that. But we also can't be distracted by that. Otherwise, we will have a blue wave like we basically had for the last five years anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, the pathway forward to 270, you've lost Georgia, you've lost Arizona. These states have flipped against you. Just in that aspect alone, it's like when you ask the Trump supporters, like, well, then give me the pathway forward to hitting 270. Like, I'm very, and they can't give you an answer. And just like, uh, I was like, well, the last election, hey, hey, hey. he lost these states. They're not, they are not red states for Trump anymore.
0: And let's say, let's say in some crazy world, you can, you can manage the risk of, okay, no, we, we know we're going to get 40% of the African-American vote, which mm-hmm. is nonsense. But let's just assume that, right? Let's assume right. they have some math we don't know about. They also can't account for, if it does look like Trump has a path, do you really think these blue state DAs are going to not take him off the ballot? One of them, two of them will, thus taking away his math. Again. Which, you
1: know, which I disagree with, though, I, I you know, I saw oh, that no, I, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't on agree on with that. people trying to influence no. elections to that level. And I'm not accusing Trump of there. I, I just know that these corrupt DAs trying to go about it at that angle, I think. I think they said Vivek is not going to be on the ticket in Texas. And I'm like, uh, why not? It's like, I'm not voting for the dude. It's like, but I, I just right. don't like this idea of having some people not on the ballot. That's not no, that's something that I agree wrong. with. Yeah, it's completely wrong. I'm just
0: wrong. saying for Trump's perspective, yeah, I, there's no like real way he wins this election. That's oh, what I'm worried about. And yeah. that's kind of the point. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we should never want that. We should want everyone to show up to debate, to talk about the merits of why they should be elected. You know, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately we're not getting that at this point.
1: Yeah. Okay. In closing, did you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up?
0: I would just say, you know, thank you to all the supporters out there, to both our digital and real life movement, to people like you, John, for you know giving us a spotlight. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of people who are asking how they can help, and we talked about it today. Anything you can do actually does help. If you could donate a dollar, donate a dollar. If you can't donate, that's okay. Volunteer to phone bank. If you're able to travel to Iowa, come help us encourage others with the stories of you know what the governor has done in Florida. You know, bringing people from outside into the Iowa caucus, not to vote, to volunteer, not to vote, uh, is a very common thing. Um, So there are so many ways that this digital movement can help, and we need all hands on deck. You know, you have these billionaires, you have the swamp, you have everyone lining up against DeSantis, so we need the people to line up with him. So that's what I would say if you are thinking about getting involved, if you're passionate about the governor, if you're passionate about the future of this country, get involved whatever way you can. Even small things are helpful. So... That's what I would leave with. And really appreciate it, John. It's great to uh, chat with you. And it's a good hour and a half. I love this. Great where can
1: content. they go to donate? Which website?
0: So you can go to the Win Win Red website. I'll post the link um, so everyone has it and I'll tag you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Win Win Red website um, has takes all the donations and all that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the volunteer info. So rondesantis.com basically is where you can okay. get.
1: All and then the where can people info. find you at?
0: Sure. Um, so look me up on Twitter, uh, or you can look me. You can email me info at digibuild um, Feel free to DM me on Twitter. I, I do the best I can to to respond there. And obviously, reaching out to people like you can always uh, get in touch with me.
1: So, <laughs> absolutely appreciate you coming on the show today, Rob. Greatly. I know you you guys are swamped, doing a lot out there to uh, try and push the uh, the DeSantis name out there. And it's you guys, are the ground pounders. It's nice to see that he's picking up. He is picking up uh, traction and steam. It's 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 great to see.
0: Yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, sorry about the uh, video problems. I think it's the oh, deep state. I'm going to blame the deep state for this. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the
1: uniparty, yeah. All exactly. right, brother, you have a wonderful time. Folks, if you're watching this on Rumble, we appreciate you hitting that thumbs up button and the rest. And I guess now you can subscribe on Rumble. If you like the show and you like the independent... Uh, I would say punditry. I wouldn't say that we're journalists here. It's just I give it an opinion. People, some, for some reason, like to listen to it, and I'm greatly appreciative of that. You can subscribe on Rumble. Apparently, the button's there. Somebody, I think Reese subscribed. Thank you, guys. Hey, you guys are incredible. Hey, Appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of Twitter people. So thanks so much for that. And also make sure you check out shellshockcbd.com. Uh, your support goes a very long way. And Rob, I'll see you on Twitter, my man. Sounds
0: great, John. Thank and you. As thanks always,
1: you stay savage, America.